On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some first Kyle Hickman, and this football season is different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, we're the passionate fans. And we're the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. This week is made for Thanksgiving, Cody, and football watching. Thursday, we get the best of both worlds. You get a little time with your family. You get a little time with some football. You get a little time with some food all uh, together. And who doesn't want to, you know, have that great experience? But for today, we have the crossover show. We will be joining the Locked On Lions, and that'll be very interesting. Cody held it down for that part of the show. But, Cody, um, we're looking at a team in the NFL that won their third game. And it very much seems like the NFL will have that eight seed for both conferences. And I don't want to have this like a real, real conversation, but how interesting would it be if Deshaun can wield Houston to that eight seed? Because these COVID cases are popping up a lot now. The Baltimore Ravens had about nine out. And with the significance of how they handled it so quickly, I believe Lamar Jackson is one of those players. Uh, we see it across the league where more of these cases are popping up. And the NFL, along with the NFLPA, agreed to a deal that if significant games are canceled and cannot be rescheduled, then they will push for that AC. How remarkable would it be for Houston and Deshaun Watson in a real MVP conversation, I think, if he does that right? But how remarkable would that be for Houston? It'll be great, without a doubt. And then you're looking at a situation where Deshaun Watson would possibly be a late candidate for MVP. I mean, he should already be considered for MVP when you take a look at his numbers along and take take a look at his performance. And you take a look at a guy like Josh Allen, who is also being considered for MVP, along with Tom Brady. Of course, it's the great, the GOAT Tom Brady. Um, and even... Drew Brees, before he got injured, you know, those are three guys who were considered to be MVPs, but at the same time, their team is winning and Deshaun Watson is not winning. However, his performance is and has been better, which goes back to the quote-unquote, I don't want to use NBA terms, but it goes back to what is the true definition of a MVP, most valuable player. Deshaun Watson is most valuable to Houston versus those other three guys. However, Going back to your original point, look, it seems like the NFL is going to put in that final seed for this upcoming playoffs. And, John, it'll be remarkable, but I don't see it happen. And I don't want to give our listeners false hope. Look, they will have to win the rest of their games. And I do believe they're going to come away victorious on Thursday against the Detroit Lions. But after that, you play the Indianapolis Colts. And as of right now, they are 
if not one of the hottest, the hottest team in the league right now, followed by the the Chicago Bears. I think we could get a W right there. The Cincinnati Bengals, unfortunately, they would be without Joe Burrow, who tore his ACL and suffered a MCL injury. I think that's a win. And then you close the season with Tennessee. And Tennessee is not as hot as they was at the beginning of the year, but I still don't see them winning that game. So this would have been a better conversation had they pulled off the victory two weeks ago against the Cleveland Browns. And it's unfortunate because that was a game that they could have won if it wasn't for the weather. You know, the weather that took place on that particular day had the Houston Texans running the ball. And we know that this team does not run the ball very well. So it's going to take a lot. Right now they are three and seven. I mean, it's a slim possibility for them to make the playoffs. The damage of this season has already been done. Um, You know, it's like what Deshaun Watson said during his media availability on yesterday. You don't want to look too far ahead into the future. Right now, we're just trying to continue to get better, continue to build off the success that they had against the New England Patriots. Hopefully, they can carry that momentum off. Uh, Hopefully, they can carry that momentum over into Thursday's game. And, you know, we never know from there. But it's the damage has already been done. It would be remarkable. Yes. And. Everything that this city has been through so far this year in sports, we all know it's basically been tragic in all aspects of it. That would be phenomenal for Deshaun Watson to lead this team to a playoff berth, but I, I don't see it happening. But you never know. You never know. Week 11 was the first game Deshaun Watson did not take a sack. Also, Larry Tunsil was a full participant at practice on Tuesday, and to get him back for Thursday game, would be what the Texans needed. Although, Rod Johnson played a great game on Sunday, and I'm starting to see some of you guys question whether or not Houston overpaid for Laramie Tunsil. So I think that's an interesting conversation you guys can have amongst yourselves. But I figured that was coming. Let's be real. Let's <laughs> be real. Let's be real with one another. You get a stud like that to protect Sean Watson, who's already been through, been through enough trauma, you got to do it. Uh, lastly, just to let you guys know how bad Phillip Gaines has been with giving up four touchdowns, including one against the Texans, I'm sorry, one against the Titans and the Patriots. In those games against the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots, Gaines played a combined of four snaps. So in four snaps, he gave up four touchdowns. Uh, that's how bad Phillip Gaines has been for this defense, and that's how bad this defense has been. Coming up next, the Locked On crossover edition of Locked On Texans with Locked On Lions. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, working out, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals or feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite activity is, Echelon gives you a fun, challenging workout for the comfort of your home. So you don't have to really worry about jeopardizing your health. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's Echelon, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, Fit dot com slash nfl listeners let me tell you guys something because i think it's something that we need to discuss protecting my family is my number one priority 
but I, I, I want to do it safely. The people at Taser believe that a safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse. Guns carry unnecessary risk for you and those around you. And even pepper spray can harm you as much as it harms the attacker. And it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize the tackles for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send response teams to your GPS lo location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with Taser networks of devices, apps, and personnel. This holiday season, protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code NFL, spelled T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On crossover, a special Wednesday edition as the Lions and Texans will be meeting up a Thanksgiving day. Matt Derry, Locked on Lions. Cody Davis, somebody from Locked on Texans, is with me. What's up, Cody? What's going on, Matt? How you doing today? I'm hanging in, brother. Uh, good to hear your voice. I know we talked over the summer a little bit about Houston and Detroit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cody, I don't think anybody expected these two teams to be this bad. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the Lions in a second. What's going on down in Houston? Um, the question should be what is not going on. It seems like every time we, we get a, a sense of, of where the future is headed towards this organization, we get bombarded by something else that's, that's, that's just straight up stupid. Um, going back to last week, Ian Rappaport reported that there is a possibility that Romeo Cannell and Jack Easterby could reclaim their role as head coach and general manager for the 2021 season. And then when we were talking to the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick comes in and say he does not see Jack Easterby as a personnel guy. Then all of a sudden, I find it very odd, an organization who has basically been dying to be just like the New England Patriots, all of a sudden they just decide, you know what, let's just end these rumors now. So look, the question should be what is not going on with Houston? That's probably, that's <laughs> most likely is an easier question for me to answer. <laughs> So we know about the Bill O'Brien experience and the disaster. Was it as bad in terms of the players disliking him as everybody was making it out to be? Um, the Bill O'Brien experience, look, Matt, there was a lot that went wrong with the Bill O'Brien experiment. And I don't think that it was his actions as a head coach that got him fired because if it was, his dismissal would have taken place in January after they blew a 24 to nothing lead against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was more so his actions as a GM. Yeah, Houston started off the season 0-4 and that is what ultimately led to his demise. But they were winless through those first four games because they were not and they are not a talented team. And the lack of talent on this team is O'Brien's fault. Look, 
We could talk about the DeAndre Hopkins trade all day, every day, any time of the day you want. But Bill O'Brien had let several other key players walk out the door for absolutely nothing, i.e. DJ Reader, who was the starting nose tackle for the Texans, and Tayshawn Gibson. Looking back on it, he might have been Houston's top DB, given how terrible the secondary has looked since he left. And Houston last season, they didn't have the best running game, but it's a but it was a hell of a lot better than what they're using now. And that was due to the departure of Carlos Hyde. Look, Matt, it's like if you had a cake, a three-layer cake. The DeAndre Hopkins trade is the whole cake, the icing, and the cherry on top with sprinkles. But let's say within this three-layer cake, you have different types of fillings that make the cake enjoyable. Within those types of fillings, when you're talking about the Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien as the general manager, DJ Reader, Tayshawn Gibson, Carlos Hyde, and other talented players that he got rid of, that's the feeling of the cake. And not to mention, not only did he let talented players walk away, but the players that he kept on this team, he gave them these big contracts. And most of these players, maybe outside of Zach Cunningham, they are not living up to it. And now Houston has little to no money to fix their roster next season because they don't have no cap space. Now, to answer your question about how much the players did not like Bill O'Brien, it's kind of hard to say because ever since he has gotten fired, the few people that I spoke to, it seemed like a lot of people like Bill O'Brien as a person. From the, from, and that's coming from former and current players and members of this organization. Every time you ask them a question about Bill O'Brien, they always say they liked, loved, and respect him as a person. But I tell you what, Matt, they never say nothing about him being a head coach. Well, I'll, I'll say this, Cody. I, I wonder, and I've wondered this out loud a couple times, that if Bob Quinn, the Lions general manager, somehow gets to keep his job and fire his buddy, Matt Patricia, would he bring in B.O.B.? with those, you know, New England connections. That's another story for another day, but just remember where you heard that in case the Lions do something crazy. Cody Davis locked on Texans with me on the crossover. All right, last thing on Houston before we talk Detroit. You got so the Texans win last week. Deshaun Watson has a big game, uh, and, they, and they beat the Patriots. How's he handling this season, and, and, and how good has he played all year? Well, Matt, Despite what the record might show, we might be looking at the best version of Deshaun Watson we have ever seen. And he is by far improving almost every single week he steps onto the field. And part of the reason why I feel like we're starting to get a sense of what the full Deshaun Watson experience could be is because he no longer has that leash put on him that Bill O'Brien actually had and I say that because when you go back and take a look at when Bill O'Brien was here was Watson good with O'Brien yes without a doubt anybody can look good with Deshaun Watson but at times I felt that O'Brien was holding Watson back and trying to make him to be a little bit more of a traditional quarterback and we all know that Deshaun Watson is your prototypical dual threat quarterback of the 2020s <laughs> and all you have to do is take a look at the first four games of the regular season versus the last six games under Romeo Cannell. And all you have to do is just take a look at how much he's running the ball. 
through the first four games, he rushed for 58 yards on 17 attempts. That was with Bill O'Brien. The last six under Romeo Cannell, he has rushed for 211 yards on 37 attempts. Now, do you want your quarterback running all over the place on any given Sunday? Of course not. But if your quarterback possesses a special type of skill set, you have to not only encourage him to use it, but you also have to trust in your quarterback in order to use that skill set. And to me, Bill O'Brien kind of put Watson on a leash with little leeway versus Romeo Cannell has taken the leash off and has trusted Deshaun Watson the most. Now, as a leader of this team, Watson has handled this season the best as he could. I know he is completely disappointed with the outcome sitting at three and seven headed into week 12 you're talking about a guy and you're talking about an organization that has improved every single year since he got here in 2017 and prior to DeAndre Hopkins departure a lot of people including myself expected the Texans to challenge the Chiefs for that AFC crown this season of course none of that had happened and Deshaun Watson has remained positive to say the least Nearly every single week doing his media availabilities on Zoom, Watson has is always preaching the same entire message. Stay positive, and what he do not want to do is to create a losing culture for this organization, not just heading into the 2021 season, but beyond the 21 season as well. Every single week, he's remained positive. He talks about, even in a loss, taking the smallest positives and using it for something greater in the near future. That's the voice of Cody Davis locked on Texans, Matt Derry locked on Lions. We will uh, flip the script and we come back, talk a little Detroit Lions football. You're listening to the, uh, the Wednesday crossovers, Thursday crossover, special Wednesday edition of Locked On Lions and Locked On Texans. You know, I also want to tell you guys about Built Go, right? It's, it's just amazing. It's kind of sweeping the the workout nation is sweeping the gyms, is keeping everybody where they need to be. And uh, Bill Go just makes you the best you at whatever you do. That's what it does. That is the main objective. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break right through it with Go every day. Easy to take in a 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. If you're playing some flag football with your boys, it's good for that. Or you can just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Bilgo is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's so natural for the body. It's just completely better. It's like drinking a monster with a third of caffeine and better results. With three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and my favorite, chocolate mint. I like mint. You know, mint, mint it gives you like this fresh feeling at the end. You know what I mean? Whenever you drink it or eat it. Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff and it's great to ignite your work. It ignites my work as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked Over Crossover Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis, Matt Derry here from Locked On Lions. Matt, can you talk about what happened on Sunday, how you guys got shut out by the Carolina Panthers who started P.J. Walker, a guy who came over from the XFL and put on a show against you guys? It, it was unbelievable. Um, and even for Lions standards where they have a few clunkers every year that are just abysmal losses, this one took the cake. Matt Patricia now is is in in big trouble, and should be. Uh, you know the record speaks for itself. It's 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 really bad at thirteen twenty seven and one uh, to get shut out by an XFL quarterback to get shut out by a team without Christian McCaffrey, and to lose twenty to nothing to Carolina that had lost five in a row. It was ugly, and really, you know nobody did well other than punter Jack Fox, who's become this cult figure in Detroit because he's been great. But other than that, you know, Matt Prater missed a field goal. The offense was terrible. The defense was bad. And yes, there were some injuries. DeAndre Swift didn't play and Kenny Galladay and Trey Flowers, but no excuse to lose and get shut out by a bad Carolina team. As you know, outside of last week, the Houston Texans have had a problem with stopping the run all season long. And no disrespect to you guys, but it seemed like the Texans might not have to worry about stopping the run against the Lions because you guys are ranked towards the bottom of the league, just like us here in Houston. So, Matt, with that being said, how much has the run game been a disappointment this season, especially after acquiring Adrian Peterson this offseason, who is by far one of the greatest running backs of all time? Yeah, you know, I, look, nobody ever expects the Lions to be in the upper echelon of running the football because ever since Barry Sanders retired, they just haven't been. They've tried everybody. Ron Rivers, Kevin Smith, Kevin Jones, Reggie Bush. Carryon Johnson was a high draft pick. Um, they, they've tried everything. Adrian Peterson, like you mentioned this year. Um, and now DeAndre Swift, who's a second-round pick, who actually, Cody, has, has looked good. Um, questionable whether or not he'll play Thursday due to a concussion. Missed this past weekend. Adrian Peterson looked really good in the opener this year against the Bears. But ever since then, it, it, he, you could tell his best days are way behind him. He's running into the backs of linemen. His vision isn't what it used to be. And then that sets up Matthew Stafford to really have to carry the team on his back. And you take Kenny Galladay, his best receiver, out of the mix, it's going to be a, it could be a long day. Um, I think the Lions are always under Daryl Bevel, their offensive coordinator, trying to establish the run. Maybe they go to more of Carrion Johnson on Thursday. That's possible. Um, but it, it, has it been disappointing? Yes. And the offensive line has actually improved. Taylor Decker is coming to his own at left tackle. Frank Ragnow is as good as any center in the league. But they just can never open up enough holes. It's a good pass-blocking offensive line, but a very average run-blocking offensive line. Speaking of Stafford, he has always been one of the most underrated quarterbacks, in my opinion, since he came to you guys in 2009. How has he looked so far this season, and do you believe the Lions will consider trading him this coming offseason, especially since he was a guy who had his name floating around the trading block prior to the deadline? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think the Ford family that has owned this team love him. Uh, they, they love him. Uh, they view him like a, almost like a son. You know, his wife had their fourth child this year, and and uh, Mrs. Ford, the, the previous owner, who's still alive, she, she's over there holding the baby, and there were pictures of that on Instagram. So unless Matthew and Kelly, his wife, go to the Ford family in the offseason and say, get us out of here, I don't see it. It is possible. You never know. Um, but he's been locked in here for 12 years. Uh, he hasn't had a great year this year at all. He's been a little bit banged up now. He's got a thumb injury. But again, not getting a lot of help. 
Uh, with Galladay out, TJ Hawkinson's a solid tight end. Pretty, pretty darn good, actually. Marvin Jones is fine at, at, at the other receiver spot, but they lack guys that really can get off the line of scrimmage and run by people. And that forces this offense to be very bland, very vanilla, very check downish. Um, but, you know, the, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're definitely going to get rid of Stafford. They had an opportunity this offseason to trade him and to draft Tua or to draft Justin Herbert. And they didn't do it. And that was a huge mistake because those two guys can play and it would have started and, and, and jump, jump started a much needed rebuild here. Instead, they stuck with Stafford and now they're in no man's land again at four and six. Matt, last question before getting out of here. Um, what has been the most frustrating part about the Lions defense so far this season? They just don't get any better. And, and look, their head coach has brought in three years ago, Matt Patricia, to, to help the defense, to make it better. His first year, they were 10th in the league. They weren't bad. But since, you know, 24th and then 31st, and then, you know, this year they're in the bottom half. Again, they can't stop anybody. The linebackers not named Jamie Collins is a really bad group. The defensive backs not named Deron Harmon have struggled, although Amani Oruwarie, their, their cornerback, uh, fifth-year, uh, fifth-round pick, second-year uh, second cornerback, he's actually outplayed Desmond Trufant and their first-round pick this year, Jeffrey Okuda. Not getting enough pressure on the quarterback at all. Just one sack last week. So it's a combination of a lot of things. Some of it's talent. A lot of it is scheme. I don't think they're doing the right things defensively. Too much rush three and drop eight. Um, they don't take the ball away enough. There's just not enough playmakers out there. There's not that, that safety or, or that viper or that linebacker that just is flying around the football. And uh, some of that's on Bob Quinn and a lot of that's on Matt Patricia. Well, Matt, it's prediction time. The very first game on Thanksgiving Day, who do you have coming away victorious against the Texans and the Lions? <laughs> I don't see Detroit <laughs> winning. I don't. I, I, I see Deshaun Watson having, having a big day, picking apart the team, putting, you know, putting, a, you know, putting it on his, on his legs to, to, to grind out some yards too. Uh, I think the Lions are in a free fall right now. And if Swift and Galladay don't play, you know, I, I think Houston will win. Uh, what about you? I know you're on the outside looking in. We have Deshaun Watson, and I'm pretty sure you're saying to yourself, this team is nowhere near as bad as their record. And it's a little <laughs> bit true. But to be honest with you, I don't know. I would not be surprised if the Texans go into Detroit and, and lay an egg. I would not be surprised. It has been that type of a season. However, as they say sometimes in sports, when you have the best player rather on the court, on the field, or wherever you at, that improves your chances of winning. So I guess I will have to go with the Houston Texans, but I'm not that much of a believer. I'm going to say Texans 30, Lions 27. I wouldn't be surprised if that score actually flipped by the end of Thursday's game. <laughs> there he is, Cody Davis, Matt Derry, Locked on Lions, Locked on Texans. It's the crossover. Thanks, Cody. You know, it is quite interesting that Superman, Adrian Peterson, you know, he won – NFL MVP the year after he tore his ACL, what was it like, 11 months later or something like along those lines? It is interesting that this is the first year he started to show his age and Father Time is catching up to him. Um, and I thought, you know, especially after his last two years in the league where he posted good numbers for his playing time, the snaps he got, I didn't think I was going to see it this year. But it is Detroit, and that is where running backs go to die. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. 
And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.